Greetings, my friends, and welcome back to the broadcast. I'm Sean, your host. The website can be found at www.scriptureandprophecy.com. Today, we are resuming our study in the Gospel according to Luke, and we're ready for chapter 3. Not a really long chapter, so it won't be a very long podcast. And uh, I'm going to avoid doing too much commentary as I'm trying to get more accustomed to just letting the Word speak for itself. Although if something comes to mind, I'll try and share it. And uh, so I'm just praying that you'll be blessed by this reading this morning, that it'll speak to you and that the Spirit of God will speak to you and that you'll be encouraged and lifted up in the Word. I'll be reading from the King James Bible as custom. And so without further delay and further rambling, let's just dig right in. So we're looking at Luke chapter 3, King James Bible, King James Bible starting with verse 1. Let us begin. Now in the fifteenth year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, Pontius Pilate being governor of Judah, Judea, and Herod being tetrarch of Galilee, and his brother Philip tetrarch of Iturae, and in the reign of tetrarch Nidus and Lysinius, the tetrarch of Abilene, Annas, and Caiaphas being the high priest, the word of God came unto John, the son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. And he came into all the country about the Jordan, preaching the baptism of repentance for the remission of sins, as it is written in the book of the word of Isaiah, the prophet saying, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. Now, please note, as I typically do, I like whenever I see like a the New Testament quoting a prophet, I like to just go and read that really quickly. So if we go to Isaiah chapter 40, verses 1 through 5, here's what it says. It says, Comfort ye, comfort ye my people, saith your God. Speak you comfortably to Jerusalem, and cry unto her, that her warfare is accomplished, that her iniquity is pardoned, for she has received of the Lord's hand double for all her sins. The voice of him that crieth in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted, and every mountain and hill shall be made low, and the crooked shall be made straight and the rough places plain. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord hath spoken. That's Isaiah chapter 40, verses 1 through 5. Let's continue. Verse 5, in the book of Luke, chapter 3. Every valley shall be filled, and every mountain and hill shall be brought low, and every crooked shall be made straight, and the rough ways shall be made smooth, and all the flesh shall see the salvation of God. Then he, then he said unto the multitude that came forth to be baptized of him, O generation of vipers, who hath warned ye to flee from the wrath to come? Being forth therefore fruits worthy of repentance, and begin not to say within yourself, We have Abraham to our father. For I say unto you that God is able to, of these stones, raise up children unto Abraham. 
And now also the axe is laid into the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, which broughteth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. And the people asked him, saying, What shall we do then? And he answered, and he saith unto him, He that hath two coats, let him impart to him that hath none. And he that hath meat, let him do likewise. All right, we have to stop. This is a theme that I've just been really picking up on lately, really noticing lately. It's a theme that I mentioned in the 30-day the End Times devotional book that I've recently released. And that is this. That there seems to be, whenever God is, ta is, is talking about our actions, the one that is the most important is how you treat your fellow person in need. If you think about the separation of the sheep and goats, Christ separates the sheep and goats. And he says the reason for the separation is because when I was hungry, you fed me not. When I was in jail, you didn't visit me. When you know, And he goes through these lists and he says all these things. And they say, when did we do all these things? When did we not give you, you know, uh, a coat? When did we not feed you when you were hungry? When did we not visit you when you were in prison? I'm paraphrasing, of course. And he says, what you've done unto the least of these, you've done unto me. There's also the verse that talks about charity covers a multitude of sins. Very, very interesting. There's a lot of people out there. They think themselves so religious. They think themselves to have got it all figured out, right? I see them in the comments occasionally. Sharing their wisdom. While also condemning others and speaking ill to others and being cruel to others. You see people who could care less about those in need but they think themselves okay with God because they so, they're so religious many religious people will be separated and put with the goats because of their lack of compassion their lack of mercy their lack of love for those less fortunate than them let's continue let me reread that verse again. And the people asked him, saying, What shall we do then? And he answered and he said unto them, He that hath two coats, let him impart to him that hath none. And he that hath meat, let him do likewise. Then came also the publicans to be baptized, and said unto him, Master, what shall we do? And he said unto them, Exact no more than that which is appointed to you. And the soldiers likewise demanded of him, saying, And what shall we do? And he said unto them, Do violence to no man, neither accuse any falsely, and be content with your wages. And as the people were in expectation, all the men mused in their hearts of John whether he were the Christ or not. John answered, saying unto them, All, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I cometh, the latchet of whose shoes I am not worthy to unloose. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Whose fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly purge his floor, and will gather the wheat into his garner, but the chaff will burn with the fire unquenchable. And many other things in this exhortation preached he unto the people. But Herod the Tetrarch, being removed, being reproved by him for Herodias, for Herodias, his brother's Philip's wife, and for all the evils which Herod had done, added yet this above all that he shut up John in prison. Now when all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also being baptized and praying, 
the heaven was opened, and the Holy Ghost ascended in a bodily shape like a dove upon him. And a voice came from heaven which said, Thou art my beloved Son, in thee I am well pleased. And Jesus himself began to be about thirty years of age, being as was supposed the son of Joseph, which was like the son of Heli, which was the son of Mathat, which was the son of Levi. which was the son of Malachi, which was the son of Jana, which was the son of Joseph, which was the son of Matihithis, which was the son of Amos, which was the son of Naum, which was the son of Elsli, which was the son of Nagi, which was the son of Maath, which was the son of Matithias, which was the son of Simi, which was the son of Joseph, which was the son of Judah, which was the son of Jonah, Joanna, which was the son of Reshia, which was the son of Zarborbel, which was the son of Salithiel, which was the son of Neri, which was the son of Malachi, which was the son of Adai, which was the son of Kosam, which was the son of Elm Odom, which was the son of Ir, which was the son of Jose, which was the son of Eleazar, which was the son of Joram, which was the son of Mathat which was the son of Levi, which was the son of Simeon, which was the son of Judah, which was the son of Joseph, which was the son of Jonon, which was the son of Elikim, which was the son of Meliah, which was the son of Minnan, which was the son of Mathatat, which was the son of Nathan, which was the son of David, which was the son of Jesse, which was the son of Obed, which was the son of Booz, which was the son of Salmon, which was the son of Nason, which was the son of Animadab, which was the son of Aram, which was the son of Esaram, which was the son of Phares, which was the son of Judah, which was the son of Jacob, which was the son of Isaac, which was the son of Abraham, which was the son of Thara, which was the son of Nahor which was the son of Surik, which was the son of Ragu, which was the son of Phalek, which was the son of Heber, which was the son of Salah, which was the son of Canaan, which was the son of Arphiax, which was the son of Sim, which was the son of No, which was the son of Lamech, which was the son of Methuselah, which was the son of Enoch, which was the son of Jared, which was the son of Maliel, which was the son of Canaan, which was the son of Enos, which was the son of Seth, which was the son of Adam, which was the son of God. And that is the end of Luke chapter 3. Very, very short. And unfortunately, it ends with that big, long genealogy of which uh, I probably botched a little bit. Honestly, I probably would have been done better if I would have read those names in Hebrew versus out of the King James Bible. Real quick, I just want to go back to this description of the Messiah. As John answered and said, I, am, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I cometh, whose latchet is of his shoes I'm unworthy to loose, he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. And it says, whose fan is in his hand, and he will surely purge his floor. So it's this idea of separating the wheat from the chaff, right? And so the wheat being representation of God's people, 
the chaff being representation of not God's people. And he says, and the, and the wheat he will garner, but the chaff he will burn with an unquenchable fire. And we see this throughout the Old Testament, this idea. Uh, matter of fact, if we go to Jeremiah chapter 15, um, he says, And I will cause them to be removed into all the kingdoms of the earth because of Manasseh, the son of Hezekiah, king of Judah, for that which he did in Jerusalem. For who shall have pity upon thee, O Jerusalem? Or who shall boam in thee? Or who shall go aside to ask how thou doest? Thou hast forsaken me, saith the Lord, thou art gone backwards. Therefore I will stretch out my hand against thee and destroy thee. I am weary with repenting. And I will fan them with a fan in the gates of the land and bereave them children. I will destroy my people since they return not from their ways. And so you see that idea of a fan. Um, let me go back to Luke chapter 3 here. Because there's some other scriptures that talk about like the chaff and the wheat. So if we go back to Luke chapter 3 verse, uh, chapter 3, verse 17. His fan is in his hand. There's a couple of psalms. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. So, yeah, I mean, that theme is throughout all the Bible. I thought I had more examples for you than, than, what, I, than what I really do here. But I know I've seen it in many, many places here. Um, unfortunately, I thought that I would have more references to it. But it's, it is. It's, it's that idea of separating God's people from uh, the, the chaff and that that um, chaff will eventually be burned. Burned with fire. Psalms 21, 9 through 10 says, Thou shalt make them a fiery oven in the time of thy anger, and the Lord shall swallow them up in his wrath, and the fire shall devour them. Their fruit shall thou destroy from the earth, and their seed from among the children of men. And then Micah chapter 4 verse 12 says, But they know not the thoughts of the Lord, neither understand they his counsel. For he shall gather them as the sheaves into the floor. So it's that same, same picture. But the people were wondering... You know, because John spoke with such authority, the, the prophet. As a matter of fact, Jesus says he's the greatest prophet. And um, the people thought he might be the Messiah because he spoke with such authority. I mean, he goes on to say, hey, don't think just because you have a certain type of blood in your body that you are the seed of Abraham, right? Matter of fact, the New Testament goes on to say that there is no Jew or Gentile that we're all one in Messiah. So this idea of thinking you're privileged because you took a DNA test and mailed it in and it said that you were X percent Jew. Uh, I see people doing that all the time. It is regardless are people arguing over who the real Jews are. What I say is it doesn't matter because the scriptures say that there is no longer Jew or Gentile, that we're all one in Messiah. And um, and there's plenty of examples of that all throughout the New Testament, but it starts with John the Baptist saying, you know, 
do not think, do not begin to say within yourselves, we have Abraham to our father, for I say unto you that God is able of these stones to raise up children of Abraham. And then he warns them that the axe is laid to the root of the trees, and every tree therefore which bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. And then that line that he starts with, he said to the multitude that came forth to be baptized, O generation of vipers, who hath warned you to flee from the wrath to come? I mean, he's telling them, hey, this is the judgment's coming upon this land. And who had warned you to flee? I just, for whatever reason, that just very interesting to me. Very, very interesting line. Well, that's it for this morning, friends. That's all the commentary I really have for you. I don't want to bore you with any more of my random thoughts. But I pray that the reading itself has been a blessing to you on this morning. Lord willing, I'll be back with you tomorrow for our Torah portion uh, for this week. So far, we've managed to keep up with that, believe it or not. And uh, so, yeah. All right. Peace and grace be with all of you. And until next time. God bless.